You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. I'm your host, Shannon. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, and I also happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, I invite you to reflect with me as I work to demystify the tarot and the human experience, all while exploring tarot's connection to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. So grab your cards and join me as I work to create a pathway to better understand ourselves and those around us. I have been really excited to get back into some deep dives into the tarot because I feel like lately I've been spending a lot of my time recording guest episodes, which has been so fun and it's been incredible to connect with so many folks, but I feel like it's been forever since I've kind of just sat here and shared my own personal and professional musings on the archetypes. And it's been, it was actually really, I was excited today because, you know, I was reflecting on that excitement that I felt to share my thoughts on the emperor, because that's today's episode. And I was thinking back to a couple months ago when I had this, you know, sadness and trepidation about solo episodes. And so it's just been, it was really exciting to sit in front of my computer today and say, oh, I can't wait to record this and share this with you all. So yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) So, you know, I was thinking about how so many of us have a contentious relationship with two very specific cards in the tarot, and that's the Hierophant and the Emperor both of which I'm going to be spending, you know, significant time exploring on the podcast, but today I'm specifically dedicating time to deconstructing and redefining the emperor, hopefully by revealing some of, you know, the profound symbolism that I've found that's that's really kind of like rooted behind this archetype. And I want to spend some time celebrating the emperor's connection to our own sense of self-empowerment because I feel like that's a part of this this card that often gets pushed aside and not highlighted often enough. So I want to start out by spending some time talking about why this card is so difficult for so many of us, which I think is because we are far more likely to recognize this particular archetype's shadow components than not. And many of which are like the first characteristics we think about when we pull the emperor, you know, that authoritarian energy, that that coldness, the rigidity, the ties to the patriarchy and a father wound. I mean, even in the name, emperor has such a heavy connotation regarding control and coercion that we often have this visceral reaction that takes us down a very particular path when it comes to this archetype. So when we think about the shadow components of this card, the authoritarian connotations are really prevalent. Because the emperor represents a figure of authority, similar to a king or a ruler, we often interpret this card as being really controlling, domineering, and oppressive. You know, and you know, in many cases, we I know I personally do this, tend to view the emperor as a representation of the patriarchy. And 
understandably so, but that creates an immediate sense of distance or disconnection between us and the the true energy of this archetype because most of us are often trying to distance ourselves from or work towards abolishing the patriarchy in our everyday lives. So it makes sense that when we view this card and that's what is elicited in us in terms of a reaction that we immediately want to create space. So to find ways to connect with this archetype initially seems counterintuitive to some of our moral and ethical drives and and values. There's also this sense of the loss of personal freedom that I think is inherent within the kind of like oppressive domineering energy of the shadow side of this card. Because, you know, the emperor's energy is typically focused on some form of order and control, which can be incredibly triggering and unsettling to those of us who have experienced some form of oppression or some form of loss of personal freedoms or autonomy. I think we oftentimes also perceive, or it's easy to perceive the emperor as encouraging a sense of submissiveness, conformity, or restriction of individuality or emotions, which a lot of us who are engaged in this community and using the tarot, that tends to go directly against what we stand for. So seeing this card definitely elicits strong reactions because it can represent everything that we are trying to unlearn. And speaking of that, because the archetype of the emperor is one of power and control, it can sometimes come across as detached, detached from us, or we want to detach from it. It can seem an emotional stoic to a fault, lacking any sort of concern or empathy. And I think, you know, it's this lack of emotional connection that can feel really uncomfortable and unsettling, especially if we value compassion and understanding and human connection. This is where it kind of feeds more into the father wound component of this card. Often we can experience, you know, a sense of desperation, craving to be heard, seen, or empathized with from a father figure in our life. And if we never received that, pulling this card can reveal that wound, leading to our own projections of personal emotions onto this archetype to the point of being unable to view it objectively, which isn't wrong because that's exactly what tarot is. Tarot is a mirror. It acts as this tangible tool to project what's happening to us internally, emotionally, subconsciously. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think that's the only way we often tend to view the emperor. And another component of this shadow side of the emperor that we all tend to really focus on or um, kind of highlight is the intimidation factor. You know, the emperor can be a really intimidating archetype or it's worth reflecting. Is it truly intimidating or am I just feeling intimidated? And because the emperor embodies a strong sense of structure and stability, which is incredibly beneficial in many situations. The structure and rigidity it represents can lead to or even be experienced as a sense of inflexibility and an unwillingness to bend or compromise. 
And because there feels like a lack of fluidity in this archetype, that's another component to maybe not feeling very safe or connected to this card. Because I think so many of us are searching for fluidity. As I was spending time really reflecting on the emperor, I kept thinking about Carl Jung's quote, where he talks about this belief that what we dislike in others or what we are uncomfortable with in others sheds light on what we dislike about or are uncomfortable with about ourselves. So when we're thinking about the emperor being this pillar of of rigid like security and order and control, we also might be projecting our feelings of insecurity or inadequacy or even self-doubt onto this archetype. You know, as it represents a powerful and authoritative figure, some individuals might compare themselves unfavorably and then feel uneasy about their own abilities to take charge. So, you know, I think another component here might be some sort of underlying struggle with people pleasing, the fear of what would happen if I take control or I stand my ground, or maybe I do become a little bit more rigid. There's a fear that maybe people won't like me, or, you know, maybe I I will be making people unhappy. And I think the emperor energy here definitely doesn't deal with that. The emperor is sitting you know, very confidently on on their throne and very sure of themselves. So when we don't have as much assurance in, in who we are or what we need or what we want, seeing the emperor might be a reflection of that. So that's my rundown on what I feel like are the kind of like initial reactions to the shadow component of the emperor. But I feel like we lose out on a really incredibly deep and potent connection to this archetype and that self-assured energy I was talking about when we are only viewing it through the lens of its shadow. We're only, we're, we're doing the archetype a disservice and we're also doing ourselves a disservice. So now that I've kind of unwrapped those initial shadowy components, I want to take some time to maybe infuse some empathy and compassion into the card. So I want to share a brief anecdote. I recently went back to Florida and I got to spend some unexpected quality time with my dad who who's been running a small business for several several decades and he he opened up to me during this visit in ways that he had never opened up to me before. And I just kept seeing him as the emperor, but specifically the emperor in the Somnia Tarot. So for those of you who are not familiar, the Somnia Tarot is a tarot deck created by Nicholas Bruno, inspired by his experience um, with sleep paralysis and night terrors. So the emperor in, in his deck is depicted by a shrouded figure sitting you know, kind of on, on the throne, typical throne. And they are underneath a really scary looking anvil. And the figure's holding the rope that controls whether or not the anvil drops or stays raised. And they're also clutching a book. I feel like thinking about my own father in this card, it's it's like it represents, grasping the rope in this book represents 
the well-being of all of his employees and his family who he very well takes care of solely, solely in bearing, bearing these really significant burdens that no one else knows about. And yet externally to everyone else, they, they see this man who comes off controlling or laying down the law or rigid or stoic when internally he's holding on for dear life, only worried about the well-being of his family and his employees, really to his own detriment. And I feel like that's what this particular imagery in the Somnia Tarot is depicting in the emperor. It's this lonely shrouded figure holding on to this rope. And there's only so much time that this figure can hold on to this rope before the anvil drops. You know, and thinking about my dad and what he felt comfortable sharing with me, I ended up sitting and just crying for him that night because I was so sad that people only see the one side of his emperor facade. They don't see the 18 plus hour days he's putting in to make sure that everybody else has food on their table before he does. And it really changed my perspective on this archetype because I think it's so easy for us to judge very quickly based on certain reactions or behaviors that we see. And we don't try to, in the Somnia Tarot's case, maybe lift the curtain to see what's underneath the shrouded figure, what's really happening, what's really going on there. You know, and what's interesting, especially thinking about this card in relation to my own father, you know, as we tend to view this archetype as one of control and coercion, and that's absolutely a part of this archetype's shadow capabilities, but the core energy of this archetype is actually to serve. And that is what is so hauntingly represented in the Somnia Tarot's interpretation of the emperor. I would even suggest that in the Rider weight imagery, we could say that this energy to serve is also implied by the mountains behind the emperor and and the emperor kind of taking on the weight of the world single-handedly feeling like they have to make sure everything is safe and running smoothly you know always getting a look at of the lay of the land what problems need to be fixed you know it's almost like you know the fire lookout standing you know, at the top of a mountain in, in their in their cabin, constantly looking over what problems need to be solved. That's a lot of weight to carry and a lot of personal responsibility. Something else I was reflecting on, especially looking at the Somnia Tarot's depiction of the, the emperor, was my ability to recognize the impermanence of the emperor's power. And I think the emperor truly does recognize that because there's this understanding that true strength lies in humility and continuous improvement. And I think that's also depicted in the Somnia Tarot because there's this anvil that could fall at any moment. You know, and the imagery here really, really depicts kind of the the mental, emotional and physical stamina that it takes to maintain something like this. And there's a lot of improvement that needs to go into oneself in order to be able to maintain or sustain that level of of control and power. 
which kind of leads me into additional energy that's present in the emperor that we don't necessarily talk about often. And that's this, this archetype's call to cultivate that inner strength, that self-discipline and, and wisdom. But again, with that power and that, that strength and wisdom does come responsibility. And I think this is where it can get kind of muddy for us when we're reading this card, because at its core, I think the emperor energy does know that it's important not to let power and authority blind us to the needs and the feelings of those around us. But the emperor is not great at communicating that. (laughs) And the reality is that true leadership does require empathy and this ability to maintain order with a sense of firmness and control, otherwise chaos ensues, but also with a sense of compassion and understanding. And it's really difficult to see or pull out that compassion and that empathy when we see this card. I feel like a great way to describe the inherent compassion and empathy within the emperor is to bring in the empress. You know, we often forget to pair these two together, But there's a really good reason the Empress comes before the Emperor in the Major Arcana, because together they work in harmony. The Empress offers this creative vision, the excitement, the inspiration, the creativity, that free-flowing fluidity that maybe the Emperor doesn't have. But it's the Emperor that is able to provide the structure, the space, and the logic that allows the Empress's creative ideas to truly flourish and become a reality, and then a reality that's sustained. This this type of energy or dynamic really wouldn't work if the Emperor ended up coming before the Empress in the Major Arcana. And I think that's a really beautiful reminder of the Emperor's inherent compassion. Even, Even if we don't see it readily available or apparent on the surface, when we look at the course of the major arcana, for example, and we really spend time looking at the emperor and the empress together, it becomes clear that the emperor really does have an interest in others and that their strength (laughs) is in the ability to help create something and maintain it. I think the emperor is really about creating this balance and this harmonious empire between all realms of our being and our relationships. And, you know, we're in, we live in a world that is dominated by uncertainty and and chaos and how comforting to look at to the emperor who's urging us to find and establish some sense of order amidst the chaos and to also find this sense of inner sovereignty. So the emperor really isn't about maybe controlling us and telling us what to do or who to be, but an invitation to take control of our own inner realm and figure out who it is we want and need to be and stand true in that and then extend that influence outward, allowing ourselves to guide and inspire those around us. I might even suggest that because the emperor embodies these principles of rationality and control and reason and discipline and the infusion of order within chaos, the emperor is this personification of safety, which really, I think, goes against what a lot of us see this card as because 
for many of us, the shadow component of this card is what makes so many of us feel unsafe in this world. When I think about the energy that the emperor exudes, I think about how there's this, maybe not encouragement, but almost this telling, this teaching of it is your right to be seen. It is your right to take up space. It is your right to be heard. It is your right to find your own throne, so to speak. And I feel like this archetype really invites us to operate on our own timeline and move forward and create and exist without waiting for approval or any sort of kind of external validation or message that we are doing the right thing for ourselves. Sure, the validation is important and the kind of message and support and encouragement is is needed, but it's also important for us to truly believe in who we are. And one of the first steps towards doing that and embracing the emperor energy is having this willingness to let go of any of our limiting beliefs or self-doubt that are holding us back because we all have those and they are constantly kind of echoing in the back of our mind anytime we want to do something, say something or be something. And the emperor really challenges us to confront those insecurities. I feel like the emperor is even asking, where is one instance or place in your life where you can give yourself permission to do whatever it is that you need or want to do? However, you know, I can see how the emperor can bring up some resistance in people who might struggle with that sense of visibility or even feeling worthy of recognition, worthy of moving forward and doing something specifically for you. You know, the emperor can stir up those internal struggles and doubts very easily. And the more I think about the emperor, I start to wonder, is the emperor really this representation of what happens when we reach a certain point in our introspection and self-compassion journey because the emperor feels like they're so sure of themselves. And maybe it's that moment where those self-doubts and inner fears do come up to the surface, but there's been so much work done that the emperor is able to acknowledge that they exist and then kind of shoo them away. You know, the emperor is not allowing those doubts to take over to the point of paralysis which I think so many of us are familiar with. Instead, the emperor is teaching us that leadership and our ability to lead starts with being able to lead ourselves. You know, I think about the word chaos and internal versus external chaos and uncertainty and ambiguity. And when we are, when we have the ability or we are able to pause just long enough to invoke our inner emperor, we can create and provide a source of inner guidance and strength that extends externally. We can allow ourselves to become this beacon of stability and light for ourselves and anyone who might need it around us. And for some of us, this is automatic. It's easy. But for others, it it takes a lot of practice because we're not used to that. But then stepping out of that place is equally important because the energy of the emperor can be rigid. So when we step into it, it can be really easy for us to limit our own access to our full emotional experience 
when we are invoking that energy in order to create order and safety and stability. So I think that's kind of the caveat here is when we step into that or invoke that energy, we also have to have the awareness and the fortitude to be able to say, okay, I am allowed to step out of this energy now. I think that's where this level of personal responsibility steps in and we're able to see that inherent within the emperor because, you know, he's gazing out into the world from his throne in the traditional imagery, which I believe represents kind of this awareness of what's happening around him and the consequences of invoking some of his rigid energy. And I think we too need to be aware of the consequences of our decisions and take responsibility for any sort of effects that they're going to have on ourselves or our relationships or the people around us. Because, you know, this isn't about just creating structure or becoming overpowering or overbearing or seeking dominance, which, you know, the shadow component of this card can represent or that the energy of this archetype in general can be mistaken for. You know, it's not about pushing others aside. It's all about expressing our own worth and our own power and deserving nature. (laughs) And it's interesting because if you look at this archetype from a body language perspective, the emperor is sitting quite openly, maybe waiting to hear something that intrigues him enough to invoke that energy of offering a solution or a practical answer or structure or stability. I think when we see this card, it's easy to feel like the emperor is always in that state of rigid, power-hungry coercion and control, but perhaps he's just waiting to be summoned, which kind of makes me think if the emperor were a form of therapy, he'd probably be solution-focused therapy because through this lens, the, you know, the emperor offers real-world solutions, advice, and guidance, and Solution-focused therapy is um, a therapeutic approach that emphasizes uh, finding practical solutions rather than exploring or diving into the deep-rooted issues from our past or our inner world. It really focuses on empowering individuals to build on their own strengths and find resources to achieve, um, you know, whatever outcome is that they desire. You know, the more I think about that, that's interesting because, you know, the emperor can be very straightforward, very no-nonsense, and solution-focused can be very similar. They, It has this approach that encourages clients to, you know, identify specific goals and uh, steps to work towards achieving that. And the emperor's energy is very solution-focused. Here are, you know, here are steps that you need to take. Here's a solution. Here's practical advice. And the emperor, like solution-focused energy is, or solution-focused therapy, is not about dwelling on, you know, complex emotions or past traumas, but really taking charge of the present moment and being willing and believing in ourselves enough that we can kind of shape it into the future that we need it to be. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at The Tarot Diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. 
If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com. 